following sermon was recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org. Today's passage is a wonderful passage and I believe it has something special for each one of us. It might not be the same thing, but there will either be a challenge there or an encouragement or something in between those things. Yeah, it's uh, my my pleasure to be able to share from God's Word today. So, um, I have a slide to start with. Um, Since Pastor Tim is away thought we might start looking at a few building designs for CCF. (laughs) Maybe this one is a little bit uh, too Catholic for some of you, but um, it is certainly uh, beautiful. And then we'll have another one. Maybe this is more our style, but um, it is uh, actually a building for CCF part of our future. Uh, Who knows? I know it has been discussed sometimes. It uh, may be a strategic thing to do one day uh, in a strategic place and uh, having your own building might open up for uh, many more opportunities in the community uh, to use. But for the time being we have this building which is is okay-ish but... um, the sound is bad and there's not enough rooms and all that sort of thing, but we're thankful for uh, having a building at all. Well, maybe the next building is, uh, maybe in Chiang Mai it would need to have uh, double glazing and, and good air conditioning, but it's certainly pretty and I believe God likes pretty things. He made pretty things like butterflies and um, birds and beautiful fish in the sea that we never see and little tiny flowers or orchids on top of a mountain that no one ever sees except God or maybe the occasional uh, mountain trekker. But God does like creativity. He does like beautiful things. He made them and he also made us to appreciate beauty and to actually be creative. So... um, Maybe some of you guys, yeah, we need a building. You can start thinking about it. Uh, Today's passage uh, has two characters in it and I wonder if you know who they are. Who are we? There's about 24 verses of scripture attributed to these two guys. Um, Give or take, depending on how you want to count those verses. They were important in bringing uh, the community of Israel together to worship. They were skillful. They were teachers and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now since a lot of you have been reading through Exodus as we've been going through there, you probably can guess who they are. Does anyone want to shout out their names? So none of you know them. <laughs> you read the passage anyway. Uh, Bezael and Oholiab uh, are the two guys and they are instrumental in uh, the building of the tabernacle. And 
Well, I don't remember hearing many sermons on these guys. Um, I shared a devotion on these guys at the dorm one or two years ago and it's like, oh well, this is a really important part of the Bible and a part of the uh, Israelite experience and of bringing the community of Israel together to uh, be a community of worship around and in and through the tabernacle which was a vital building as they travelled through the wilderness for it was supposed to be like not too, too, too long but it ended up being like 40 years, right? So uh, they had this building and it would be fantastic to, um, well, to have a model right here that we could see just how beautiful it was um, but it was uh, certainly beautiful. Uh, we have another picture of a possible church building I'm not sure if that's a Mormon one or not, but um, anyway, it's a nice, nice design. And uh, I, I didn't read much history about these church buildings, but back uh, 200 years ago, before we had satellites going around and uh, telescopes in space and looking at all that, um, architects tried to build uh, tall buildings uh, or churches and. I think uh, generally for the right reasons to, to bring glory and honour to God. I'm sure there are some people in there who are trying to uh, get credit for themselves but basically these buildings were, were um, to bring honour and glory to God and there's nothing wrong with that. Of course they might be a little bit expensive for CCF to do but um, there's another one here as well. Might reckon some people might have visited that one. Anyone visited there? I haven't. Um, but yeah, beautiful buildings, and I don't know if that's real gold, but there was certainly a plenty of real gold um, in the tabernacle. So our passage uh, starts off in Exodus chapter 25, verses 30 to 35. Um, it will be on the overhead if you. Uh, don't have your Bible handy. So let's uh, read from God's Word. And I have another passage after this which I'm sort of splitting it into two parts um, because that was what I was given, so I'm trying to follow. Then Moses said to the Israelites, See, the Lord has chosen Bezael, son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he has filled him with the Spirit of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for working gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of artistic crafts. And he has given both him and Oholiab, son of Ahishamak of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach others. He has filled them with skill to do all kinds of work as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen and weavers, all of them skilled workers and designers. So, um, 
God's got a big part in this, right? God is the one who chooses Bezalel and Oholiab. God is the one who uh, tells Moses that these two guys are the ones that are going to oversee the building of the tabernacle. These two guys are the ones that are going to train up others. These two guys will be filled with the spirit of God to, um, to get the work done. And it was the Lord's choosing. So in, in, in choosing uh, you or me, that's God's choice what he chooses for us to do in, in ministry or even um, in, in a career like a farmer or whatever. It still should be God's choosing uh, for us. Now, did these two guys already have natural gifts in this area? Had they already been apprenticed in, in this? Had they already, already have experience in um, all these uh, particular things? Possibly. Probably. The Bible doesn't say specifically, but it does say that um, God chose these two guys and God give, uh, come upon them with the Holy Spirit and God gave them the ability to do it. Is that the same for you? So, uh, whether we say, well, these two guys, they're natural gifts, like they're not spiritual gifts per se, like a preacher or a prophet or that sort of thing, a spiritual gift in that way, but they're natural gifts such as working with uh, the elements around us with, with natural things like wood and gold. But, it does say that the Holy Spirit came upon them. So, maybe they're spiritual natural gifts. They were certainly to be used to bring uh, the community together to a place of worship um, to uh, bring honour and glory to God as a community. Uh, this wonderful passage in Exodus, um, end of chapter 35, the start of chapter 36, has parallels in the New Testament as well, which I'm sure a lot of you um, can guess already. Um, for example, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 to 7, it says this, There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. The same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, we've... Uh, Bezael and Oholiab, did they sort of think we're extra special? They were anointed maybe extra special, but did they let pride come into this? Well, the Bible doesn't talk about that. Well, I don't think it does. Maybe there's some uh, verse somewhere else, but I don't, don't believe it does. Did, did, uh, or, or were they humble 
in their natural giftings and were they humble as they uh, taught other gifted people how to make the gold into the beautiful designs that Moses had received from the Lord, this blueprint for, the, for them to follow? Um, how about us? Some of us are in a position of authority in our mission or at school or whatever and some of us aren't. Are we, are we happy with this? But it clearly says in this uh, verse of scripture when the Holy Spirit gives gifts to uh, the church community that it is for the common good. I, I think of a, a sportsman like, um, who, who's, who's that fast runner who just retired? What's his name? Uh, Bolt, that's right, thank you. Uh, he, he had no choice where he was born or how tall he was going to be or if his brain was full and functional or he had five fingers, uh, ten fingers and ten toes. He had no choice in that, right? But he had some choices. He, he, he chose to train hard. He chose to pursue this goal and he made lots of money and won lots of gold medals in, in the sprints. Now, I don't know him personally, but I've seen a few little things with, with Bolt. I think uh, he's probably humble and I, I don't even know if he says, well, God gave me these gifts and... Um, some people are born crippled and stuff like that. But he had no choice in how healthy and, and strong he was going to be except uh, choosing to train hard and do those things. And the same is for us with spiritual gifts, although there are certain um, verses where Paul says, Let, let's us earnestly desire some of these greater gifts. And with those greater gifts... Uh, comes more responsibility. Another design for a church? That shouldn't be too expensive to make in Chiang Mai. Because um, the second passage is quite challenging as well, but we're not quite to that passage yet. So, um, we've... Uh, Oholiab and he was given a helper their role was to teach they weren't going to do it all themselves that would take far too long they were to teach um, other artisans in, in the uh, Jewish community to uh, be able to make these some things intricate and then there's like big curtains and stuff like that which um, had to, be, had to follow the blueprint that Moses was giving, given from the Lord. And, uh, yeah. And a parallel in Scripture about teaching uh, specifically, but in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 to 8, which also talking about gifts, we read, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. 
emphasise that one because we're talking about two teacher guys who um, were going to teach in, in the community of Israel. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. Do you, do you guys have encouragers in your life who help you keep on with the work that you're doing? If you don't, well, someone in our community isn't stepping up to the task and are using their gift. I'm not saying who that is because... Well, I actually know there's encouragers in here because I actually receive it. So thank you for those that encourage me. If it is giving, then give generously. Uh, next passage coming up, be ready. Uh, if it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Um, so a lot of us are missionaries here and then there's teachers and then there's others just as important in the church community. Um, how are we passing on skills to our disciples or, or to those around us? How are we doing that? And I, I don't think it matters if we're a young teenager or an old man or in between, or old woman too, sorry. Um, we have a responsibility if we have uh, certain abilities and gifts to pass it on before we pass on, right? Well, I think we do. Um, sometimes I do that better than other, other times, but uh, this passage reminds me that um, if I'm a teacher, then I have a responsibility to pass on or to have apprentices um, and then those disciples will disciple others. Or are we a little bit protective of special gifts that we have because we don't want someone to surpass us and, and, and get more honour, right? But I know that the best teachers are those that teach their students and then they are so thankful and pleased if their student goes way past what stage they got in, in, in their life and I think that should be our attitude um, especially in the church community that we want to see John the Baptist that was his attitude, he said I must decrease the Lord must increase he did it to the, unto the Lord <coughs> Jesus in a sense also said that he said that his disciples would do greater things than him now that wasn't because the disciples were better than Jesus, it was just because they had more time because Jesus' ministry lasted three years here on earth and the disciples, whatever period of time that was till they were killed for their faith. Maybe the next slide is more our church style. Um, that's in the middle of Africa somewhere, I think. And <coughs> obviously resources are uh, not abundant and it's a poor community, but they're still able to find a shady tree to um, have a church service. Well, it could be school, whatever, but it could be a church as well. And for um, the church community to uh, thrive, there needs to be a generous spirit amongst amongst us, whether that's with our resources such as finance or our skills, whatever skills they are, with our time, 
whatever it is, um, are we generous? For myself, I think I can be more generous with my time in, in using my time to serve, serve others. Uh, what is it for you that you can be more generous in? And so, talking about generosity leads us into the, the next passage um, in, in chapter 36. <clears throat> so, it still uh, involves these two guys and if you're counting up the verses, remember a few chapters previous, these guys were uh, mentioned as well. So, Bezalel, Oholiab, and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given skill and ability to know how to carry out all the work of constructing the sanctuary are to do the work just as the Lord has commanded. They have a good blueprint to follow. Then Moses summoned Bezalel and Oholiab and every skilled person to whom the Lord had given ability and who was willing to come and do the work. They received from Moses all the offerings the Israelites had brought to carry out the work of constructing the sanctuary and the people continued to bring free will offerings morning after morning. So all the skilled workers who were doing all the work on the sanctuary left what they were doing and said to Moses, the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Then Moses gave an order and they sent this word throughout the camp. No man or woman is to make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. And so the people were restrained from bringing more because what they already had was more than enough to do all the work. Is that a challenging passage or not? Uh, we haven't taken the offering this morning yet. And if we're choosing one of those buildings, we need quite a substantial offering this morning. <clears throat> so, uh, it didn't just fall on Oholiab and Bezalel. Others out of the community were uh, called upon to come and use their skills and to be taught. Not to say, oh, I'll just do it my own way but for someone to teach him how the Lord wanted this particular part of the sanctuary to be done. They had a blueprint. Uh, what is our blueprint for building the church? And I don't mean a physical building, I mean the spiritual building, but we'll, we'll come to that. So it wasn't Moses or Joshua or Aaron who were doing this work. And it wasn't just Oholiab and Bezalel either. Other workers were called to do this work, those who were willing. Now, as I was putting this uh, message together, um, as I kept reflecting on the passage, more and more uh, kept coming out of it. And um, this free will offering and then workers who were willing. So, those workers who were not willing were not called to do the work. So the Bible doesn't say well, there was a certain percentage who were not willing, um, but it does say those who are willing to do the work, please come and do the work. Those who were enthusiastic for what was going to proceed, 
come with your enthusiasm for the work. I wonder if you have or have been uh, one of those and maybe one of those times when the work you're involved in is maybe not progressing very well or all that sort of thing and you have been one of those with no enthusiasm, quite reluctant to go to work each day or, or just, just feeling depressed about how it is working. I'm, I'm, probably all of us have had that at some stage in our life. But as uh, in, in this passage, as the community of Israel is called to this work, There seems to. Where did all this enthusiasm come from? Where did this overabundance of giving come from? Uh, like the women were doing all the sewing and, and stuff and, and bringing these, the fabric for building a lot of this and uh, just all these offerings were coming. They were enthusiastic about it. Uh, and how is our ministry at, at this moment? I know we all have ups and downs and some of us have bigger ups and bigger downs and some of us just little ups and downs along the way depending on our personality but are we keeping that enthusiasm for the ministry that we're involved in? Or are we uh, maybe, maybe a bit like Moses himself remember at the burning bush when wasn't actually burning but it was on fire um, the Lord calls Moses and he kept saying oh no I can't do it and I can't speak very well and God tells him off and then he also provides a helper his own brother uh, to help him as well doesn't he others were needed to do the, do the task those who are willing and they were also gifted in different ways, not the same way. Uh, before we come up to Chiang Mai, um, my wife and I were given one week to, because it was sort of a, a, a quick decision needed to be, to, to be made to fill a position in Chiang Mai and so we were given one week to pray about it and we actually got the answer in one week. Right now we're praying about something else and we've been given a year to pray about that. So we haven't quite got the answer to that yet but we're getting closer I think. And so before we come from Supanbury which is down near Bangkok uh, we looked at the work we were actually involved in at the time uh, church planning uh, kind of work and we thought well this work isn't finished uh, there's still a lot to do but God assured us that um, we were dispensable to that work. God would take care of seeing that that work would continue and so that was a real encouragement for us to be able to leave that work and, and to come and do something else in Chiang Mai. And with the new position, uh, my wife and I, we say, oh, uh, can we actually do it? Well, it doesn't really matter if the Lord actually calls us to it. He will give the empowerment to do it and he will also give the help to do it as well. And it doesn't matter if we're in a ministry where we have quite a large team with lots of different gifts coming or we're actually out somewhere with 
maybe just our spouse or maybe just single, uh, the Lord will still provide what is needed for our task. Uh, I, I don't know if Bezalel and Oholiab had a choice in this matter. The other workers have said if they're willing. But did these guys have to be willing? I don't know. You can uh, think about that yourself. In the end they had to do it and they did it. Ephesians 2 verse 10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So as Christians, as followers of Christ, none of us are unemployed or unemployable. We all have something to do until the day we die. That might change as we go along, as we get old and can't move about so much. Maybe it's more of a prayer ministry or an encouragement ministry. But we should never fret about, oh, there's nothing for me to do. Now, I know that a lot of us go out into the secular workforce and and that can be uh, quite a stressful time in countries where unemployment is high and, and maybe we don't have all the skills and stuff. But as a Christian, we still have a job to do and that, that should always be an encouragement to us. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, which I didn't get onto a slide. Uh, Talks, talks about about this as well. Talks about attitude. Um, whose work is it that we're doing, and uh, how we should work together. And this is because the Corinthian church was starting to think they were better than the other, and and uh, that sort of thing. Uh, starting at verse five. What after all is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The man who plants and the man who waters have one purpose, and each will be rewarded according to his own labour. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds for no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay or straw, His work will be shown for what it is because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved but only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit lives in you.
that, that's, that's exciting, but there's also grave warnings there at the same time. So let's, let's get over on the exciting side of that, of not being jealous of each other, but of encouraging one another to use our gifts, to find out what our skills are and, and to teach and, and pass on and to be enthusiastic about it. So the tabernacle, uh, not built yet, but these people are being, there's a sort of a picture of it here, these people are being brought together to uh, construct this tent-like building for the whole community to be involved in uh, worship to God because this is the way God chose for that time. We know that later on Jesus says, neither in Jerusalem or on this mountain, but in our hearts, that's where we will worship. So they had, had the blueprint for what was to be built. So, that, so there was no fighting about, oh, it should be done this way, it should be done that way. But for us, as uh, parts of teams, we uh, need to rely on the Holy Spirit to uh, bring us together to say how our work will proceed. But as Paul reminds us, it is for the building of the church and it's not our church, it is God's church. And, um, yeah, uh, if, if there's a fight over should we have wooden pews or padded chairs, I think that's sort of erring on being childish about it. If you don't like the wooden pews, bring a cushion. If you don't like the padded chairs, bring a board to sit on. That's whatever. <laughs> um, so this amazing free will offering that they had to stop Stop bringing so much. We can't use it all. Can you remember that ever happening in your church? Maybe it has. I'm sure there's probably some uh, examples of it. There's probably more poorer churches where uh, you find people more generous. What moved the people of Israel at this time to overgive? I like how James Fawcett Brown puts it. Uh, I have a quote. Uh, The language is a little bit difficult, but I think by the end we will get the idea of what he's saying. Uh, Here is an illustrious example of zeal and activity in the work of the Lord. No unnecessary delay was allowed to take place. And from the moment the first pole was stuck in the ground, Till the final completion of the sacred edifice, he and his associates laboured with all the energies both of mind and body engaged in the work. And what was the mainspring of their arduous and untiring diligence? They could be actuated by none of the ordinary motives that give impulse to human industry by no desire for the acquisition of gain, no ambition for honour, no view of gratifying a mere love of power in directing the labours of a large body of men, they felt the stimulus, the strong, irresistible impulse of higher and holier motives, obedience to the authority, zeal for the glory and love to the service of God. Do you all get that? Not any personal sort of motivation, but just wanting to bring glory to God. 
let just summarise that. They weren't moved to say, well, I want to do this well so that people look at me, but I want to do this well so people look at God. Um, and that should be our attitude. Um, if I come to preach to you today, it shouldn't be like, oh, I need to get this really good so that the, you guys don't criticise me too much, but it should be just to bring honour to God. And <coughs> there was a bit of both going on as, as I was preparing the sermon and uh, I was reminded, well, maybe you need to rely on the Holy Spirit to use you and speak through you. It's not a real maybe, that's like you should. And maybe you shouldn't care so much about you guys in the sense how you're going to think about it, but looking to encourage you. 2 Corinthians uh, 8 verses 1 to 5, talking about generosity and wanting to give, uh, the Macedonian church was a wonderful example. Now brethren, we wish to make known to you the grace of God which has been given in the churches of Macedonia, that in a great ordeal of affliction their abundance of joy and their deep poverty, they sort of sound contradictory, uh, overflowed in the wealth of their liberality. For I testify that according to their ability and beyond their ability they gave of their own accord, begging us with much urging for the favour of participation in the support of the saints. And this not as we had expected, but they gave, first gave themselves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. Is that our attitude? Um, Paul's telling off the Corinthian church which would have been a far more rich, richer church than the Macedonian ones and who were maybe a bit reluctant to give funds and I believe this was to support the Jerusalem church where there was famine and all that sort of thing going on. Uh, Hudson Taylor says, God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply and I think this example in the uh, wilderness with the people of Israel um, is a wonderful example of that. God wanted the work done and the people came and were doing it in God's way and they were, had an overabundance of supply. Um, something we should pray about, about our giving. It shouldn't be like, oh, been challenged this morning so I'll empty my wallet, but it's something that we should pray about. Uh, that was also something uh, Hudson Taylor, whenever he went out and spoke, he never took an offering. He said, you guys go and pray about it at your homes and, and between you and the Lord how much you should give to mission and that sort of thing. So, a few questions for you. And we don't, don't have time but maybe after you can uh, think of uh, what unique skill you might have. Um, it, it might be something funky or quirky or something. Uh, one of my friends when he's travelling long distance to keep himself awake, he uh, fills his mouth with sunflower seeds and then he uh, peels each one and, and uh, eats the kernel and spits out the thing. That's supposed to keep him awake for the whole trip. Um, that's a unique skill but maybe, <coughs> maybe only of value to himself. But more than that, uh, what special gift do you have? I mean like a spirit it could be a spiritual gift, it could be a natural gift if you like that you can pass on and what can you offer to CCF to build a community of worship? 
I'm not talking about buildings, but that might come into the equation some stage down the track, uh, a track who knows. And what free will offering will you give in abundance? I'm not talking about the offering this morning. Um, that's for you to work out between yourself and your family and the Lord. And so the covenant community of, of the Jews, this particular part of their history, so much enthusiasm. It actually occurred again with, with uh, the building of the temple and the rebuilding of the temple. There seemed to be this enthusiasm as well. So that something around the tabernacle and the temple uh, moved the Israelites. How about us? Let us pray. You've been listening to a sermon recorded at Chiang Mai Christian Fellowship in Chiang Mai, Thailand. For more information, please view our website at www.ccfth.org.